Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And now, your host, Ben Adelberg. Welcome to the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 73. Before we get to this week's episode, just wanted to thank each and every one of you for listening to the Back of the Range, for telling your friends about the Back of the Range. I cannot believe we are already at 73 episodes. You know, we only release, for the most part, one episode per week, but there are many weeks, like this one, where I am recording future episodes for the upcoming weeks and the interviews I'm set to record this week. Um, absolutely incredible. I promise I will reveal specifics once the interviews are recorded. I don't want to jinx anything, but man, very thankful for all the people that listen, all the people that spread the word about this podcast and are putting me in touch with these incredible guests. We're going to try something a little bit different for one of our upcoming episodes. And if it works, it'll be something you will see moving forward here at the back of the range. You've heard me say plenty of times that this podcast belongs to you, the listeners, just as much as it does to me. Perhaps after listening to some of our previous episodes, you might have said to yourself, man, I wish she would have asked this question or that question. Well, now you get your chance to be involved in the direction of these interviews. Next week, I'll be recording an interview with the 2018 United States Mid-Amateur Champion, Kevin O'Connell. For those of you that might not know his entire story, Kevin was almost set to leave for European Tour Q School and make another run at professional golf. But when he got to the U.S. Mid-Am at the Charlotte Country Club, he played well and then made match play and kept winning and winning until the trophy was his and all of the perks that come along with it. He played in the Masters this year. He's heading to Pebble Beach to play the U.S. Open. And after that, well, I'm not sure yet. Hopefully, I'll find out more about his plans for the rest of the year during the interview. Have you ever wanted to ask a USGA champion a question about their golf game or perhaps what it's like to play in the Masters or what it's like to be on the short list to make the Walker Cup team? Well, here's your chance. Submit your question via email or DM it on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Hell, give me a call if you want to. I don't care. All of the information on how to get in touch with me, it's available in the show notes of this episode, and it's also available at thebackoftherange.com. Now, you know we like rewarding our listeners with some swag, and our friends at the USGA and Seamus Golf wanted to get in on the action as well. So, send in your questions. If some of the questions make it into the episode, which I know they will, we will send you some back-of-the-range swag, whether it's a hat or a towel or an alignment stick. We have other stuff coming in as well. And someone's going to get a U.S. Open Pebble Beach engraved bag tag from Seamus Golf and the USGA. So follow us on Instagram at the Back of the Range Podcast. You know the drill. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Get engaged. Get involved with this podcast. And as always, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. So NCAA regionals are just around the corner, and so is the national championship. So this week we're going to focus on not one, but two of the standout players in the Pac-12 Conference. Our guests this week are Brandon Wu and Isaiah Salinda from Stanford Men's Golf. I was able to catch up with these guys a while back, and I had to completely change the intro to this episode because they went on an absolute tear and are rounding into form as they get ready to host regionals at their home course. Stanford captured the Pac-12 team championship with Isaiah finishing fifth and Brandon finishing T7, 
before the Pac-12 Conference Championship, Isaiah picked up an individual championship win at the Western Intercollegiate. The list of accomplishments these guys have to their names, it's absolutely incredible. They're friends from junior golf, they both found their way to Stanford, and they both are on the shortlist for this year's Walker Cup team. We talked about that, life on campus at Stanford, and the rich culture and heritage of men's golf at Stanford University. So let's get started. Let's get underway with this week's episode. Brandon, Isaiah, thank you so much for joining me here at the back of the range. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Excited to be on the podcast. Well, uh, we we have we have spoken to a lot of college players uh, through the through the the weeks and months of this uh, of this podcast, and you know we're gonna have to start a little bit differently because I am about <laughs> twice your age, a working stiff in South Florida with the damn day job, and I don't know why I did this to myself, but it's a Monday evening, and I'm talking to two guys that are a lot better golfers than I am. They go to Stanford. They're a lot smarter than me. So boost my morale here to kick this off. What are you two guys bad at? Interesting. Brandon, we'll, we'll go with you first. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sitting down. I'm trying to write my paper this morning, and I'm definitely a bad writer. So that's very apparent to me. What are, what are you trying to write the paper on? Because maybe I could so, help. Yeah, well, so the class is actually on digital media in society. So oh. I guess podcasts are, you know, kind of in that realm. But uh, I think the topic was um, our digital digital media technologies and, and egalitarian force in American society. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be able to help you with that. Too much. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, moving on. Isaiah, what are what, <laughs> What are you bad at? What are you working on right now? Um, I guess sticking with the topic of school, you said, you know, you complimented how smart we are. And I mean, being here at Stanford, that's definitely, I guess, kind of a prerequisite. But school is definitely not not easy all the time. And for me, I just had a computer science exam um, about a couple hours ago. So I'm not the not the best at computer science, but. I think it went pretty well. So, <laughs> okay. Computer science is not my strength. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm looking at, you know, we're going to talk about your golf. We're going to talk about some of the things that you guys have, have accomplished over the last several years and, and definitely how you kind of got into the game because you've been connected basically through junior golf uh, for, for quite some time. But talking about Stanford and the Stanford life, uh, you know, a lot of professional athletes have come through there, whether it's Michelle Wee or it's uh, Andrew Luck and obviously Tiger Woods. But, you know, Isaiah, I guess we'll start with you. Can you kind of speak to just the day-to-day culture of Stanford and maybe some of the misconceptions yeah, sure. of, Stanford, of Stanford? I think a lot of people refer to Stanford as, as kind of its own little bubble. It's not like a typical college town town where you're kind of in – in a city or a town and it's, it's a really big campus. A lot of people like doing their own thing, walking around. And I think part of the culture is a big part of it is people always feel the need to stay busy and people are always staying busy with their schedules. Um, and there's always like a need to be kind of productive and, and efficient in what you're doing, whether it's your schoolwork, your athletics or, or your work. So, um, it's cool to be a part of though. And it's inspiring to see like what, what everyone else is doing here and to kind of exchange stories with people we live with or people we meet on campus. 
Brandon, I'm going to kind of pivot on this on this as well. You know, you're surrounded by obviously, you know, Stanford D1 powerhouse and just about every single sport. You're surrounded by people from all walks of life and and just like you said, whether it's computer science or or medicine or anything else, business, it probably can be quite intimidating to be on that campus knowing that no one really cares how good you hit a golf ball at a place like that. <laughs> It's it's definitely can get overshadowed pretty quickly when you hear some of the accomplishments of uh, some of our classmates. But um, yeah, I think one of my teammates said it back a while ago. But it's kind of a mutual admiration between you know people working their own businesses, their own startups, um, and then among the athletes as well. So it's a really cool environment to be in. I think it's a really positive uh, environment as well because. You know, everyone's rooting for each other. Everyone's supporting each other and whatever they might be doing. But, um, yeah, it's really cool to see all the different types of success people have at Stanford. Yeah. Now, you guys grew up playing junior golf together. Um, you know, uh, obviously there had to have been some sort of a rivalry at some point, but then also, you know, the friendship forums and, and you guys mm-hmm. end up at the same school together. When did you guys not just start seeing each other in the junior golf ranks, but when did the friendship kind of begin? I, I would say it started – pretty early on in junior golf. Um, Northern California has such a strong like junior golf scene with a lot of really good players and the best players kind of easily rise to the top. Um, and Brandon and I were, were two of them. So um, playing with each other quite a bit in tournaments was, was fun. And, and then the friendship kind of started from there. So, and, and Isaiah, you know, you, you had the ability, kind of the ability and I guess one thing I wanted to kind of hit on is like we were talking about Stanford talking about you know that transition of getting to that university and starting at such a demanding institution was it always kind of a goal to get yourselves into that kind of position where the academics are just as challenging if not more so than the athletics yes so um I think although we started at junior golf together our paths kind of diverged uh maybe end of middle school, uh, beginning of high school. So I was on the East coast. I'd lived in Beijing actually for a little bit. And then I ended up going to boarding school on the East coast. I would actually, I would come back to California, um, to play golf tournaments still over the summer. Cause that's kind of where I felt most at home. And we still kind of live there during the summers. Um, so that's kind of how we were able to stay in touch that way. But, um, yeah, we were always good buddies from a young age. Um, but then, yeah, for me, especially I thought, I really wanted to find a place where I'm not kind of choosing golf or academics and Stanford was obviously the um, kind of best option in terms of, you don't have to sacrifice one for the other and you can kind of pursue both at a really high level. So for me, that made um, the most sense to me. Um, so when coach Ray and started recruiting me, that was definitely a no brainer. And I guess, you know, you see college players that, that may leave early, um, you know, to go try their, the, try their luck in the professional ranks. I'm assuming for both of you going to Stanford, I don't, I'm assuming that was never an option. And well, I shouldn't say option. I'm assuming that was never a goal. I mean, I would say your goal probably was spending the entire four years at Stanford or am I, am I wrong with that? No, you're definitely right. Um, I think when, when you choose to go to Stanford, like you embrace really the challenge of, of balancing school and, and, and athletics. And for us, we haven't, I guess in our program's history, we haven't had many um, golfers leave early to turn pro. I can only think of maybe one, Patrick Rogers, I think. But um, for me, yeah, pro golf, even coming at, coming into Stanford, was 
always in the back of my mind, but it wasn't necessarily a goal of mine. And I didn't really choose to pursue it until probably last year, last summer. Um, but it's, it's cool to have the opportunity to, to pursue my degree and, and also try to play professional golf. And your degree, uh, when I did a little bit of research for this episode, I see your degree, which I've never heard of a degree or a program like this because, you know, I think mine was business and, and, and keg stands, but, uh, your, your, uh, your major is science, technology, and society. Give me the elevator pitch. Give me the elevator pitch of this program. uh, Some of the things that you cover. Yeah. So Stanford has a lot of kind of fancy names for its majors and science, technology, and society is, it's an interdisciplinary major that covers um, a ton of different subjects and fields. So I take a combination of classes in like the science and engineering departments and also the social science and humanities departments. So like this quarter, I'm taking a computer science class, um, two communications classes and a, an engineering class. So, um, it covers, covers a wide range of wide range of topics and it's good. It's kind of like a very Silicon Valley type major. So it's, it's a, it's a good major, I think. And which, what is probably going to help you with the, with the ladies more, the degree or the golf? Like if you start just dropping (laughs) science, technology and society, is that, is that getting you phone numbers or is it the golf? I don't know. I haven't really tried that yet. So either one or what are you doing? It could be a good experiment. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. Okay. The, the golf hasn't helped him out too much, so he ought to try the science, technology, and society next. All right. I figured that this episode would would dissolve into a little bit of banter and, and shit talking, so I'm glad that, that Brandon has fired the first bullet in that. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, I've heard that there's at least uh, seven or eight different types of hair care products that you have on you at all times. Is it always been like that since junior golf, or is that something you just kind of started once you've moved to California and, you know, more access to products? So the the long hair was definitely, uh, I felt like, um, an East Coast thing for me because, you know, I get to I get to go to school in Massachusetts and all these hockey players and lacrosse players are all talking about their flow and everyone has this long hair. I was like, well, I guess it'd be cool for golf as well. Yeah. So I, I started growing it out. I've actually, the more time I've spent in California, it's actually gotten shorter and shorter just because it's too hot. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Well, that was, that was something that I had to ask, uh, both of those questions I had to ask as I spoke with, uh, your assistant coach or former assistant coach, Ryan Jameson, who's now at Florida Atlantic (laughs) university. And, you know, something that we always like doing is, you know, whenever we get a guest on that has knowledge, firsthand knowledge of a previous guest, we always give them the option to tell (laughs) stories. So this is an assistant coach that you had at Stanford. Um, I am I've heard stories that, you know, maybe people think that, you know, the Stanford student is all buttoned up and, and, uh, you know, what are, what are things I'm hearing about these, uh, these, these sprints in Cabo in parking lots? Uh, oh. what, what is that? <laughs> all? Was, yeah. What is that all about? Yeah. This, this was a legendary episode where, so Ryan, our assistant coach always goes on these runs. Um, he's always talking about working out and, you know, he, he works out hard and he, he came to a few of our team workouts, but then those slowly, uh, subsided. 
But he's he in Cabo were on the driveway waiting for cars or something, but suddenly I forget who, but they get this idea to do these like sixty yard sprint races. And everyone's convinced that we're gonna be faster than JMO we call him because yeah. you know, we're we've got, you know, fifteen years of age on him and hopefully we're hoping that's enough. But, you know, nevertheless, one by one he takes us down. He's just absolutely hauling it down the road. Finally, uh Conrad decides to challenge him as well. Ends up getting destroyed. JMO leaves him in the dust and then Conrad drops his phone, loses his phone case somehow. It's just Total mess, but Ryan was definitely the star of that episode. And this is your head coach yeah. Conrad Ray just sprinting in it in the parking lot. So, oh yeah, it, yeah. It kind of it kind of pivots me to kind of another question. You know, when I think of college coaches, you you know whether you think of different sports, you know, you think of basketball, you think of the the Coach K's and the Roy Williams, you know, mm-hmm. yelling and screaming at their players, and then the you know the Nick Sabins just completely bursting a blood vessel in their forehead, yelling at some <laughs> poor kicker. Um, what's the relationship with your coach? Coach Ray has been like a role model to all of us on the team. I think that he's really good at kind of, he has our, always has our best intentions in mind and we can always trust him to go to go to for anything. And yeah, you hear stories about other coaches and not, you know, what they make their players do, but coach Ray has been, been really good for us and yeah, there's no other coach I'd rather play for. What are some of the things that you've learned about yourself and also about how to get the most out of your game on the golf course that you feel that you've picked up from Coach Ray? Because I don't know if he is your swing coach as much as more of the coach of the team. So is it that he's helping you with your game, so to speak, or how to, or maybe how to manage your game? I, I feel like a lot of it is actually the management part. Um, okay. I think that's where I've personally grown the most. Um, and watching Isaiah as well, I think that's where he's uh, grown a lot as well. Um, I would say one biggest, the biggest thing I've learned since coming to college is just kind of almost like not to de-emphasize golf, but not letting your score kind of dictate everything that goes on in your life because it can be hard, especially when you're playing on a team um, in college, you're not just playing for yourself. Like if you go out and have a bad round, you, you do feel like you're letting the team down. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, um, you know, Conrad's always really positive, um, talking about, you can't necessarily control your score, but you can control their things like your preparation, like your attitude. So those are some stuff that we work on, uh, as a team and as individual players. And I think that's where uh, I've seen the most growth. And for me, I think that Coach Ray's not exactly my swing coach. Like he's just kind of another pair of eyes that can give me, give me pointers and tips here and there when I need him. But kind of like what Brandon was saying, he's really helped me understand what I need to do better in my game. And I think the mental piece is also huge. He's um, really instilled confidence in me in times where I, you know, didn't quite have it in myself. So I think with that part, he's, he's helped a lot for sure. I, I, there's a couple things that you guys have been able to do together. One of the things that I kind of wanted to hit on is, uh, is the Walker cup, you know, the, the practice sessions in South Florida, I believe the USGA invited about 16 guys down to South Florida. You played a bunch of courses like uh, Seminole and the bears club, uh, medalist, you know, really the, the hot spots down here that all the pros are hanging out at. Um, 
you know, really kind of a unique situation where, you know, the top 16 or, or you know, the, the guys really at the top of the list that the USGA is looking at to represent the U.S. Uh, at the end of, uh, or actually at the beginning of September uh, over at Hoylake. When you get the call that you're going to be doing that, and then you also find out you're doing it together, pretty unique experience. I know that there are other guys that are there that are on the same college team, but, um, you know, without getting into too many details, you know, what, what was the experience like when you're around all these guys? Yeah, it was, it was really cool to be a part of that, that few days there in South Florida. Um, you know, I think we all, we all knew each other, but we hadn't all, all played with each other and gotten the chance to, to kind of hang out and get to know each other. So, um, it was a really cool experience to get to know those guys and, to share it with Brandon was really cool too. I think there was only one other pair of, of teammates on that, on that trip. So um, yeah, it was a lot of fun and, and really memorable for sure. So the, uh, you know, the one thing I'm curious about is, did you feel that that was more of just kind of a team bonding experience or did you kind of have a little bit of sizing everyone up and looking around and saying, okay, I, I really, you know, did you feel like you had to perform well or was it more relaxed? Well, the captain, Nathaniel Crosby, and, and the manager of the team, I think they kind of set the tone early that, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily like a tryout and we didn't have to treat it like that. Right. Um, I think they were understanding that a lot of us were coming off, off of finals and entering the, our offseason. We were in the offseason at that point. So what they really wanted was just a chance to get to know our personalities and our games and, but that being said, like every time we teed it up, I think that the competitive juices definitely started flowing and oh, we yeah. definitely wanted, we definitely wanted to perform even though, you know, the pressure exact wasn't exactly there. So, but it was definitely a, a fun, relaxed experience on the course. Yeah. Cause I'm looking at these names that are there and you got, you know, Cole Hammer, he was a guest previously, you got Matthew Wolf, who's just tearing things up for Oklahoma state. And I'm just thinking that you're going there, looking at these guys. Then you have all the mid-ams. You know, you get, uh, you know, at Hagestad. And I know, Isaiah, you had a little run-in with Hagestad at the 2018 USAM. And and I know we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, you ended up taking him down the quarterfinals. Um, did you happen to remind him of that at all at this practice session? Or did he kind of uh, – I, I, I'm sure there is a little bit of hazing at some point. Um. Yeah, I don't think I needed to remind him. I think we were both <laughs> still pretty fresh <laughs> off of it. But um, I remember one of the nights. It was, I think, it was probably the first dinner. I think we were sitting at sitting at the dinner table, and we were each sharing like our like the great of our best shots that we've hit. And Stu was actually sitting right across from me. And when it was my turn, I I think the shot I. I told was the second shot on 18 in our match. So I guess that was a little, little jab at him, but yeah, it was, it was fun. Yeah. We had a group message going leading up to the, the session, but basically Stu sent this photo of the, of a push card. He's like, Hey, like wondering for the Stanford guys, can we bring our push cards to this practice session? You know, everyone was dying laughing at our, had his little joke and jab at Stanford because obviously Stu is a USC alum, but um, I felt like we kind of, well, Stu is my partner the first match and an alternate shot, you only use one ball. So 
I made him use a Stanley ball, which oh, I'm sure he was happy to use. <laughs> actually, well, yeah, I, I would say you could actually just maybe bring out like a, you know, top flight rock distance ball. And just yeah, say, hey, yeah, would you prefer to use, how about this old man? Do you want to use this one instead? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, seems, he, the distance. he seems to be a pretty good sport about things. When we chatted uh, last yeah, year, sure. I, I, he, he seems, seems to be a pretty good sport. Who uh, who did you uh, maybe you both can answer this question independently? But who did you come away with that maybe you kind of knew a little bit, but got to know a little bit more and and was maybe not so much as impressed with their game because I think everyone there can flat out play, mm-hmm. but maybe someone you came around and like yeah I I I didn't know what to expect with that guy, but uh, but yeah he's pretty solid. Yeah, um, for me that guy is probably Chandler Phillips. Um, I I'd obviously known who Chandler Phillips was, but we don't really see. Um, Texas A&M in many of our tournaments. So, and just, uh, it's a little different down in college station, I guess, than in Palo Alto. So hearing some of his stories were pretty funny. <laughs> I was going to say for me, that's kind of a tough choice because everyone was, everyone was really impressive, but um, I got to room with, with Bryson Ember who plays at Clemson and yeah, we got to know each other a little bit and, and he's a really good guy and a really good player. And also, uh, Akshay Batia, the, uh, yeah, I we, wanna... we were calling him the kid the whole, the whole week. Cause he's only like what is he, 16. Yeah. Yeah. He was just, he was balling that week. He was making putts and, and could definitely hang with us. So. Yeah, I, I, I hear he's pretty good at golf. <laughs> yeah. I see him on Instagram. Just, I mean, he just wins everything. Um, I don't even know if that guy's going to college. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on with that kid, but he seems to be doing pretty damn good. Anytime he tees it up, I think he just won the Dustin Johnson, uh, junior in Myrtle beach. So yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's hanging in there pretty good. Um, let's talk about the 2018 us amateur. So, uh, unfortunately one of you spent a little bit more time there than the other. So, uh, <laughs> I know Brandon, you missed the cut and Isaiah, you, oh, yeah. you, you went to the, uh, went to the semis. I could be 100% wrong, but I would imagine that the hardest match in amateur golf is the semifinal match of the U.S. Amateur because you, no matter how much you want to put it out of your mind, you know that the winner of that match is at least guaranteed, uh, you know, runner-up in the U.S. Amateur and an invite to the Masters. You played great in that match. You lost it, I mean, to Devin Bling. He shoots five under, you shoot four under. You know, drawing back the curtain, how much are you thinking about the Masters invite the the night before the match? To be honest with you, I I really didn't think about it that much at all. Um, Yeah, it didn't really cross my mind. I mean, on the first tee, they show, um, I guess, kind of a replica of the U.S. Open trophy because that's where it's being played this year. And that's obviously what was on the line. But I thought I was pretty good in keeping that, you know, not focusing on that and just trying to go play. I thought that I was in a really good mental state that week and um, was able to just go play and not really think about what was on the line. But that was a really fun match to be a part of. Um, just kind of training birdies most of the day. And, um, you know, I didn't feel like I lost that match at all. Devin just played just played really well. Yeah, so. I mean, just we just clipped you by one. Uh, for, this question's kind of for both of you. What are, what are a couple of things that – you know, the U.S. Open uh, returns to Pebble Beach this year. As you said, you know, the world's best players are going to be there. Everyone's either going to be, you know, on the grounds or glued to TV sets. What are some things about Pebble Beach that surprised you a bit? I mean, I'm sure you've seen clips on TV from, 
you know, Tigers win and from, um, you know, from other, you know, U.S. amateurs or U.S. Opens that are there. Maybe what are some things that a viewer may not pick up that, that you can share that surprised you about Pebble Beach? Um, well, for me, I, I hadn't played it until until the U.S. Am last summer. But the the views itself, like you can't really appreciate them like on a TV screen um, until like until you're out there on the course. We were lucky to have really good weather for the whole week. So um, I think the views on the course were, were really incredible and, and how it plays. Like it's not, it's not the longest course, but at sea level, like it can, it can play longer than you think. And, and the wind can definitely play a factor. So even some of the kind of benign holes can definitely play tougher than they look on, on TV as well. It was a short week for me. So. <laughs> uh, it was beautiful. I do remember that. It was also fun watching Isaiah the next day. Oh, I bet. Yeah, that's another thing. We had a few a few of our teammates were playing there that week, and one of my former teammates was on the bag. And I think Brandon had um, actually our team manager caddying for him, and we were all staying in the staying in the same hotel together. And um, yeah, it was a fun week and. To have them support me for for months of the week was really, really nice of them. You know, you're you arrive at Stanford. You're freshman. You're, uh, you know, I'm guessing 17, 18 years old, somewhere in that neighborhood, and you come into this this historic university, this historic golf program. The number one player, number one amateur in the world, is on your team in Maverick McNeely, and. You two knuckleheads go pick a match or pick a fight with him and Patrick Rogers. I I, I remember you telling me that story. Um, how who had whose bright idea was that to go start that match and and kind of walk us through when that took place? I would say that was my idea. I mean, we've been we always. <laughs> I guess me. Isaiah is the more tame of the two. I guess. I'm picking up. I'm picking that up pretty quickly. So, but um, yes, yeah, so, I mean. We'd, we'd never really met Patrick before that week. Um, obviously, we'd knew none who he was. and But, yeah, I mean, he was just hanging out with Mav, I think. They were hitting balls, and obviously, me and Isaiah, you know, bold freshmen, we were like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to go and challenge these two to a match? And we figured, you know, we're way underdogs. Like, it'll just be fun, like, because we hadn't really watched uh, Patrick play that much either, so it'd be cool just to watch how he, you know, hit the ball, how he kind of, conducted himself um so yeah we, it was great fun i think we ended up winning maybe on the last hole it was a pretty close match but yes we did end up winning so that was that was a pretty cool experience so basically you looked at it as more like hey we might be able to get like a free lesson here or a little bit of a uh, study of some upperclassmen and and it's not going to cost us anything except maybe just you know losing a match i would say yeah i mean we i think stanford in general that's kind of um the whole theme is that there's so much cool stuff, um, so many to learn from, and you just got to take advantage and not be afraid to go and ask and see if, oh, hey, you want to play a few holes, and you can learn a lot, so it's good. Anything that particularly jumped out from those two guys during that match or any of your time spending with, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Patrick Rogers is, uh, you know, a legend in Stanford for, I believe he tied Tiger's, 
uh, total victory uh, amount at, I believe, 11. Um, I mean, are there, I guess it's hard in one single match, but anything that you've picked out from any of the former Stanford golfers that have come back, the Stanford alums, I mean, you have such a rich heritage there. Well, Mav was an incredible putter. That's all I remember. My favorite Mav story um, on the golf course was when we were both freshmen. We played. It was our last tournament in the fall. Um, it was the UCLA's tournament down in San Diego, La Costa. Yeah, La Costa. And Mav has this putt on the last hole. Um, about 40 feet up the slope. I had just three putted from there about 15 minutes ago. So it was like, it was a pretty tough putt, lots of break, uh, barely see the hole. And he needed to make it to sneak in a tie for the win. And he just steps up and buries it. And it was just, I was so amazed because I was like, how, how did he just do that? But um, yeah, that was kind of the theme whenever we were playing with him and when he was playing well, like, Putts that you didn't think he could make, he would make. So, pretty incredible. Yeah, I think he made like three long range putts at the end of that round. To yeah, yeah, to win, so. pretty incredible. And you, um, and and you guys actually have you have former alums always stopping by or always on campus. Is that pretty much the norm? And when you see them, you're just like, oh, okay, they're in town. Um, probably don't ha- have that anywhere else. Uh, or, or very few campuses where things like that happen. Yeah, for me, it was cool. Um, so one of the first days in the fall, my freshman year, I remember. Um, so there's a bunch of uh, people in the area that like to come out and practice at our facility um, and support the program. And I met one of them who actually donated uh, the pool at my middle school all the way back in Massachusetts. So. That was really cool. I was part of the swim team there. Uh, it was just really interesting to get to meet this person that, you know, kind of played a role in my life already um, and getting to appreciate them and thank them for supporting Stanford golf program. So yeah, I was just, it's just kind of incredible the people you get to meet um, through both, yeah, golf and uh, just Stanford in general. I mean, they're, a ton of alumni that come back and that we get to meet, but I guess the number one on my list would have to be Tiger, um, just because I idolized him growing up and being an alum here is is really cool to kind of share that label with him being a Stanford golfer. But um, I think I met him first. I think he came back to practice here. Uh, I think it was our sophomore year, fall of our sophomore year. And coach told us that he had, he was going to be out here to practice. I think he was um, preparing for the Safeway Open. But yeah, like I really wasn't expecting like um, just like to see him like to, like he's literally like not even human to me. So <laughs> just to meet him and like shake his hand, like I was like shaking like. <laughs> I like forgot my name. Like, I, oh god, you fangirled over Tiger, didn't you? <laughs> oh yeah, couldn't even get my name out. And then um, I just remember he started hitting balls in like shorts and like a cutoff sleeveless tee with his massive arms. So we all kind of just gathered around around him on the range, just watching him hit balls, and it was it was really cool to to see that. 
And and is he trying to make you guys feel as normal as possible, or is he just enjoying the fact that you guys are just kind of you know bumbling idiots around him and just can't even like make eye contact to get your names right? No, I, I think he enjoyed hanging out with us. So yeah. that week he was he was actually preparing for the Safeway Open, um, which he didn't end up playing in. Um, but yeah, he was he was hanging out with us on the putting green. I distinctly remember um, he he grabbed my putter and started hitting a few putts with it. And, you know, he was making them. So that's when I realized it wasn't the putter. <laughs> it was probably me. Um, but yeah, it's it pretty cool. You know, he's, he's super nice to us. Uh, enjoyed hanging out, enjoyed listening to us talk. And uh, yeah, really cool. Like Isaiah to see that, uh, to said to meet one of your idols uh, in person and have that Stanford connection with them. Did the allure or the chance of get, having a relationship with Tiger or meeting Tiger have any effect in your decision to go to Stanford? Honestly, for me, no. Okay. I think that's just kind of a, a benefit that was realized after after I got here. Sure. But um, I think, yeah, he's definitely part of the, the Stanford grades that have come through before me here, so it's cool to, to be part of that tradition. But, um, yeah. I feel like it kind of highlights Stanford as a college when you're a junior golfer as well. It's like, that's the place where Tiger went. So whether or not that ends up making or like being a factor in your decision, you do have that in the back of your mind. It's like, that's where Tiger played. Sure. Yeah. Um, we've spoken about the fact that you're surrounded by the best and the brightest at all times, whether it's on the golf course or in the classroom or just anywhere on campus. And I thought this was a, a pretty, you know, interesting story or, or person that you just, you know, out of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people, you could probably tell the exact same story about. Um, who are you around on campus who's like, dude, that guy's just at a different level, and I, I, I feel pretty average next to this guy. Yeah, I think we come across those people on a daily basis for sure, like in our, in the classroom, in the gym, like this morning. The both of us actually worked out like right next to Katie Ledecky, who was a student here and still was still is actually. Yeah. She's not on the team anymore because she turned pro, but she still trains here and, and goes to school here. And yeah, it was really cool just to see like how incredible of an athlete she is and how strong she is. So that's kind of inspiring, motivating. And um, yeah, our roommate Max, uh, I met him my freshman year. And also lived with him my junior year, and now he lives with with Brandon and and me and a couple of our teammates. But yeah, he's by far probably the smartest person I've I've come to get to know a little bit. And his mate, he does he's like a math and computational science major along with electrical engineering, and he's coming up with basically a startup idea that I can't reveal too much about, I guess, for intellectual property reasons. Sure. But, um, he's uh, super into like energy and the environment. And yeah, he's, he spends just, it's amazing how focused he can be like for hours at a time, just on what he has to do, like related to school. So junior golf, you guys played together in California. Um, you know, obviously end up Stanford together, but, uh, uh, you have a story to share, so I will let you guys tell it. Yes, you want to I'll, I'll tell it because <laughs> I, I was I was the victim to this story. But um, I think it was me and Isaiah and one of our other buddies uh, playing 
this group together at this tournament. Um, we were probably maybe 11 or 12. And we're coming out of the stretch. It's probably like 16 or something. But I have this like short putt, five, six feet miss. And I go to tap it in lefty with the back of my putter. And I do so. I nonchalantly, it doesn't matter. But Isaiah then begins to convince me that this is a one-shot penalty <laughs> and makes me add a shot to my score. Whoa, 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 whoa. It actually wasn't me. It was the other kid in our group that kind of brought that up. And I really didn't know what the rule was because I'd honestly never seen anyone do that in a tournament. And the kid we were playing with said that like he played with someone who who did that and he got a one stroke penalty for it. So I was just like, well, I mean, I guess that's a penalty. I don't know. I was 11 years old, oh, um, <laughs> and we kind of just ganged up on Brandon, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the sign of a penalty. I mean, I I don't know. It's kind of funny. I think he's still I think he's still mad about it. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah definitely. That, <laughs> that's, that's the one mark on your on your uh, you know illustrious amateur career. That uh, yeah, that's the dark mark on that. Um, let's see. So you guys, you're you're kind of coming to an end of your college career. You have a, a handful of tournaments left. I know that you have the the Goodwin, which is, uh, you know, named after the uh, Wally Goodwin, former coach at Stanford. And then uh, you know you're hosting regionals, and I think you guys are ranked about 34, 35 of the nation right now. Um, you know, your home course had a little bit of reconstruction. Uh, you know recently where a little bit of change to the bunkering uh, you know what are, what are your thoughts going into these last few tournaments and then obviously trying to get through regionals and get to the national championship yeah i think um for college golf it's a little bit different than a lot of the other college sports because you know you only play at home once or twice a year so you really look forward to that opportunity and want to take advantage so yeah i think for us it's really exciting to be able to play at home play at our own course um and kind of, you know, we get to, we're prideful because we get to kind of show off our home course to the other teams that come and play as well. So that'll be a cool experience for us and we're looking forward to it. Nice. Yeah. Like Brandon was saying, our home tournaments, definitely one of the most special weeks of the year just to try and defend our turf against all these other teams. And like you said, our, our courses, there were some changes made over this, over the past year. Um, just kind of moving bunkers around. Um, so I think it'll play a little bit tougher and it'll look a little different to, to other teams who who have played them before. But I think it'll be a good test for, for everyone. Nice. Uh, you can't say golf. You can't say classes. What is one thing that you're going to miss about Stanford? For me, it'll probably be team workouts. I think that... Um, that's like one of the most fun things we do as a team. Um, I think fitness is something that our, our team takes, takes very seriously. And I think the energy that we have in there is, is really fun to be a part of. We're like always screaming and pumping each other up and whatever we're doing. So I think that's something I'm going to miss. Like when I leave and really just being, being around the team and, um, you know, just like team dinners and things like that. Just having a group of guys that you can always hang out with and talk to. Uh, for me, that would definitely be just living with all your friends. Um, you know, it's, it's, you get to just walk downstairs and hang out in your buddy's room and 
you know, everyone's living so close with each other. So that's, that's super fun. And I think that will be missed when we kind of go our separate ways after college. Um, and, you know, people are working all over the U S that might be a little tougher to see all your buddies, but, um, yeah, it's been, it's been super fun. Last question. I'm going to ask you both. You're writing a book and in one of the chapters is, don't do this by Isaiah Salinda and Brandon Boo. And you could be like, that could be have anything to do with classes or golf or any of your experiences. Some of the mistakes you've made. I know. Don't do this. Like you're talking to junior golfers that are going to go play college golf. Don't do this. I guess one thing that comes to mind for me is um, earlier this fall, I, it was, we had a tournament at Muirfield village and I showed up to the tournament for, for the practice round day. We're hitting balls on the range and I like go to pull out my like nine iron and it wasn't in there. So, and then I realized, I think it was my six iron wasn't in there either. So, uh, I guess the lesson there was to make sure you, uh, have all your clothes before you, you pack it up for a tournament. Um, we had like a, club fitting session on campus like a couple days before and there's kind of a mix up and a couple of my clubs got got lost in, in transition there but um <laughs> nice. definitely make sure you have all all of your clubs um before you tee it up early for a tournament nice. um I guess for me, the, one of my most memorable moments in a negative way would be my freshman year at the Prestige Tournament, which um, has happened on my birthday all four years. So my freshman year, the last round was on my birthday. And I remember I shot 77, dropped like 20 more spots. So that was no good on the golf course. And then I had to finish my math homework that night. So I'm sitting at the airport at the baggage claim trying to finish my math homework and coach Ray starts yelling at me. He's like, why are you still working on your homework? Um, and said something along the lines of you'll always remember your 19th birthday. And I ended up not finishing until about 3am that night. So I do still remember that. And it's a lesson I've learned the hard way. It sounds to me that coach Ray is not the biggest stickler in the world. I gotta get him on the podcast. He sounds like he's oh, trying yeah. to have well, he's, oh, you he's, should. He sounds he's, like he's, he's great to, on the radio. He's used yeah, to yeah. it by now because he has a, he has a radio, radio show. Radio show. I know he does. It, it sounds like so. he's trying to have a little more fun than you guys are. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, no, he's he definitely likes to be be one of the guys when he's when he's around the team, um, especially on trips and when he's around us because he has he has three girls, three girls at home. So, uh, oh, so he's just he drowning. Loves, so he's just yeah, drowning in a pool of, like of estrogen. His, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're kind of like his boys. So, well, Brandon, Isaiah, I really do appreciate you joining me here at the back of the range. I know that uh, the college uh, careers are coming to a close, but you have a lot of great things going on this summer. Uh, Brandon, I know you're you're got the Palmer Cup. That's awesome. I know you're both are hoping to be on that Walker Cup team, and then. And then you hit the, uh, the hit the pro ranks. So uh, enjoy the rest of the college experience. And uh, thanks again for joining me. And uh, hopefully we'll do it again sometime soon. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Glad we could be on it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. And that'll do it for this week here at the Back of the Range. Thank you so much to Brandon Wu, Isaiah Salinda from Stanford University. 
Best of luck to them at regionals. Best of luck as they chase down a national championship. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you again next week for episode 74 here at the back of the range.